Esse ato de desencarnar é um ritual universal. This act of disincarnating is a universal ritual. And this ritual also governs our planetary life and the kingdoms that exist on this planet. All the kingdoms know this ritual of disincarnating. And it's really only in the human family and it's only in the human kingdom and in some animals that the fear of death is present. All the other kingdoms, including the plant kingdom, do not fear death. And the life of the plants disconnects from the plants, relocates to other levels without going through this experience of fear. Actually, when we disincarnate, we are following a universal law that is also represented in very well-known words that state, Give to Caesar that which is Caesar's and to God that which is God's. This is a law. And when the law says, Give to Caesar that which is Caesar's, it is referring to our giving our physical body back to the earth from which it came and to giving our emotional body back to the collective emotional substance and our mental body also to the mental substance of the universe. So we give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. That is, we give back our physical, emotional and mental garments to the levels of the earth or to the psychic environs of the earth. And we give to God that which is God's, that is, we give back our spirit, we let our soul go back to the levels of consciousness of its origins from where it came. And the soul knows very well when it is time to disincarnate. This is an established date that even has been set with the permission and cooperation of the soul itself, and sometimes even including the firm decision of the soul itself. So what we call death is a decision, a deliberation. It is something that occurs with the knowledge of the soul. So death is the outcome of the will of our soul, of our deep will. However, the will of our human side, the will of our personality or of our consciousness, is not always in attunement with the will of our soul. And in most cases, the individual does not know the will of the soul. So, this is one of the reasons why the conscious human or the human being so strongly resists the act of disincarnating. As the will of the personality becomes more attuned with the will of the soul, the personality can even have a premonition or even an intuition in regard to the approaching hour or this process of disincarnating. And when this happens, the personality even cooperates with the process. It prepares its things here on earth and surrenders to this gradual detachment. Therefore, this experience of giving back the physical body 
the emotional body and the mental body to the earthly repositories, this experience that is called restitution, this is a very natural event in the life of the soul because the soul has done this many times. The soul has already been through several bodies. It has already disincarnated hundreds of times. So for the soul, this is something very simple. And when the personality, when we as human consciousness understand the process, we can cooperate with it when the time comes and make this transition easier instead of creating a whole lot of traumas for the end of this life. And who knows, maybe even for future lives, because this Agora, is reflected on future lives. Now we will look at the three stages of physical death. We are going to look at the three stages of what happens in the act of disincarnating from this physical body. When the time comes for the soul to disincarnate, certain circumstances often appear indicating to the person that this is about to happen. And we are not going to study these various circumstances, the various ailments or the different ways of disincarnating that can happen to us. But we are going to look at the three stages that are present in any experience of disincarnating. The first stage begins when the soul orders the vital energy to be withdrawn. The second stage is what we call the loosening up. After the soul orders the withdrawal of the vital energy, a process of disconnecting begins to take place that involves the physical body and the web of energies of the etheric body. Following this, the third stage of the process begins, which is the stage of the actual departure, when at last the soul gives one of those final tugs and departs towards other dimensions of consciousness. So this process of disincarnating or this process of the consciousness passing on to other levels includes these three stages, which we are now going to look at in detail. When the soul gives the order, when the soul gives the command for the withdrawal of this vital energy that enlivens us, during this stage we feel a strong pressure on our feet. And this intense pressure begins to flow up through the body. It begins to go slowly up the physical body and the limbs of the physical body begin to feel heavy cold and numb. When this pressure begins to go up through the body, the first reaction comes from our breathing, circulation, sight and hearing. So when we begin to feel some reaction in these areas and we feel this intense pressure that climbs up, we then realize that the soul has already given the command to withdraw. And from this moment onward, the subtle counterpart of the nervous system, which are called the nadis, which comprise the nervous system on the etheric level, on the non-physical level, these nadis, or this subtle nervous system, 
then begins to get ready to become disconnected from the physical nervous system. So the glands of the body begin to inject into the blood a substance which affects the heart. And at this moment, we then have a sensation of an absence of identification with the entire physical body, except with the area of the heart. So we begin to see that very precise things happen. And when our non-identification with the physical body begins to occur, we should not react toward this. We should not hold on to the physical body. We then feel a kind of psychic tremor, and this tremor can be reflected on the physical body. And it is through this tremor that we perceive that the subtle nervous system is loosening up and is becoming disconnected from the physical nervous system. At this moment of the physical tremor, of the disconnecting of the subtle nervous system, if we do not react, and if we let go, if we become relaxed, this loosening up will happen without any pain and without any resistance. And this is the first stage of the process. The stage of the actual loosening up then begins to take place. The first signs of the presence of this loosening up appears in our eyes, in our physical eyes. And we then begin to feel a detaching of the two nervous systems in the area of our eyes. And then a sense of helplessness overcomes us. We lose control of what is happening, as though we could not avoid this process of loosening up. We realize that we cannot do anything to avoid what is happening. And this feeling of helplessness should be respected. And we should not react to stop this disconnecting from happening. So if we do not resist this loosening up, and if we totally accept this feeling of helplessness, things begin to happen very naturally, which we can observe with complete tranquility. For example, at this moment, we perceive that natural forces are pulling us into a tunnel. It's as though we were being carried into this tunnel, and this tunnel becomes more and more narrow. And then, at that moment, we would have to remember this is what happens in the process, and we would have to go through this without being afraid and be very simply drawn into this tunnel in order not to hinder this process and for things to transpire very naturally. At a certain point inside this tunnel, we have a sense of annihilation and we have the clear impression that we are going towards the unknown. 
And this also has to be accepted very tranquilly at the time. In the same way that we have just accepted the feeling of helplessness, so here we have to surrender to this journey into the unknown, and following this, we right away perceive something that makes us incapable of producing any mental effort, and this also we should accept. We notice that we are no longer able to make any mental effort, and that we can no longer formulate any thoughts. Next, we see that words can no longer be enunciated, we can no longer say any words. And right after this comes a feeling of total solitude. We perceive that we are completely alone inside this tunnel. And this is the first time in this incarnation that we are aware of our solitude. We realize that we are completely alone in this moment. And it's a feeling that no other person can go through for us. And that we also cannot go through this for anyone else. So here we become conscious of the fact that we cannot take anything to this unknown region where we are being led. We are aware that nobody can go with us and that this is a journey we will have to undertake individually. At this moment, it is very important for us to be in peace and that in this part of the process, all our thoughts should be positive. We have seen that at this moment we perceive that we are unable to express any thoughts. So we should be careful for our last conceivable thoughts to be the best the most positive possible, because the quality of these last thoughts will determine the formation of our external environment in future life. These last thoughts are like an external coating of that permanent atom that in the organization of future life will draw together all our material aspects, our physical portion, because this is the permanent physical atom. So the last thought that cloaked this atom, which is a very powerful point of attraction, to bring together the elements of the next incarnation, this last thought will attract the matter that corresponds to it. So it is a decisive factor. This is being said especially in regard to the material aspect, the physical side, the surrounding conditions of our life, but not in reference to the other things that are determined in the phases that follow. So after we have perceived our inability to express thoughts, our incapacity to articulate words, and when we have this feeling of being alone as individuals, of realizing that at that moment we cannot take anything with us and that it is not possible to share this experience with anyone, we enter then the third stage of the process of disincarnating physically.
which is the stage of the departure itself. So after having experienced these feelings and these sentiments, the etheric body, that web of energies that maintain the physical body integrated up till now, this etheric body begins to withdraw. It begins to concentrate to get ready to receive the final pulling away because this web of energies has to withdraw então, from the physical body. So this etheric body concentrates more intensely at this time, because it takes along with it the astral body, the mental body, and all the other elements of the being, and all the other bodies of consciousness. Then it withdraws with all this spiritual and psychic matter absorbed inside it and exits through the part of the physical body where we were most intensely focused during our incarnation. So those people who were always very emotional, who did not control their emotions, will exit from the physical body through the doorway of their solar plexus, all this abdominal area, a little above the abdomen. Those who tended to be mental, who used their minds, who had a life of reflections, who controlled and organized their minds and their thoughts, these exit through the head. They do not exit through the solar plexus. And nowadays, we know that many people who were engaged in philanthropy and developed goodwill, we know that these people exit from a point just below the heart. Soon after the last heartbeat, we find ourselves facing what appears to be a scene, a picture that gives us a retrospective view of all that happened in our incarnation that is coming to an end. And this is a condensed scene in which we see our entire life. We see everything that happened as though it were a panorama. At this point, we can have a reverse retrospective beginning with the last event in our lives and going to the first. Or we can have this overview as though it were a single scene from childhood up to the last moment. And with this scene before us, of all the events of our life, of the story of our whole life, we go through a very interesting experience because at this time we see all the life we lived from the point of view of the soul. It's as though we had entered the point of view of the soul and could see our life as it was lived on earth. So we see clearly all our failings, all our defects, all the consequence of our acts and we then understand the fundamental illusion of our life or of that incarnation in specialized literature this is called the tribunal because certain ancient teachings 
tell us that we go before a judicial court when we disincarnate and we can see that what is called tribunal or used to be called tribunal is when we suddenly shift over to the point of view of the soul and we see the life we lived on earth in an encapsulated scene and see this from another point of view. So we see this life and we see all the consequences stemming from this life. And so we understand how great was our illusion and in how many instances we remained illuded during our lifetimes, how many things we saw and looked at from the perspective of the personality and did not look at them from a wider perspective. If we remain before this scene very tranquilly, if we remain impartial and allow this effect, the effect of what we are perceiving to become deeply engraved in our consciousness, this will be imprinted in our astral body, our emotional body. So in the next incarnation, we will have an astral body of high quality because it will be an astral body that understood, that grasped all its own illusions and all the illusion of its human feelings, all the illusion of desires, all the illusion of that life that went by. If this moment is lived with clarity and with peace, with tranquility, we can acquire great maturity of our astral body at this time. And this will be imprinted on the astral permanent atom. And it is this permanent atom that will draw together all the atoms for the future astral body that will thus become impregnated with our last experience. And an astral body that is formed after this experience has been imprinted on its permanent atom, this astral body will be much more balanced than the previous astral body. And when the lesson of the illusion of all the life that was lived is deeply imprinted on our consciousness, then the soul is able to withdraw more easily because when we see our own illusion, we begin to let go of many things of this life that is now coming to a close. So the soul can give one of its final tugs and so it has more freedom, it receives less resistance on our part so that it can withdraw at this time. We must keep in mind that this entire process of observing the scene and all the things we perceive there takes place in a minimum time span, like the time between one heartbeat and another. So this happens after the last heartbeat. It's as though everything happened, everything was perceived in a hundredth of a second. Through these final moments, what we call consciousness of a physical body or the physical elemental, this is where this part of consciousness tends to resist and tends 
Porque esse to not let the soul break away. Because this physical elemental knows that as soon as the soul withdraws from the body, the body is going to begin to undergo a process of disintegration. So the consciousness of this body through an instinct of self-preservation, então, trying to hold on to the soul. Físico, so depending on how strongly this physical body resists, the process can last semanas. a few hours, or this process of restitution can last for days então, or weeks. Ter dois tipos de coma. So we can nós have two types of coma. coma we can have that coma that is relatively quick, apoio. Because we are not supporting the physical elemental at this time. But through an act of will, an act of wanting, we go toward our side that is disincarnating. And if in this moment we go along with the play of forces of this soul that wants to withdraw, this process of coma is gentle and we fall into a kind of sleep a very tranquil sleep. Mas se nós, ao invés de passarmos but para o if lado we instead of going towards this side of the vital force that is departing to other dimensions, do lado do físico, if we stay caught on the side of the physical então elemental, which is the side that does not want to disincarnate, partir, then we will be doing just the opposite of not wanting to depart. And then the state of coma will not be so tranquil. And the state of coma has various processes, but we have no need to describe them here. The other type of coma is the so-called coma of restoration, which is a state that bears all the characteristics of the state that has been described, but here the soul only withdraws the thread of consciousness which is attached to the head. It does not withdraw the thread of life which is attached to the heart. And so this gives to the physical elemental, it gives the consciousness of the physical body the opportunity to review many processes and even to struggle for life. And so when the soul reconnects the thread of consciousness in the head, health is restored to that physical body because the elemental has been stimulated by that threat of departure. This can happen in the case of physical bodies that are not very healthy because the physical elemental is somewhat lethargic, a little slow in its reactions. So by going through this comatose process, by the support coming from the instinct of survival, it puts up a struggle. Then when the soul returns fully to the body again, health is restored. We have seen that when the etheric body leaves the physical body, it encompasses other bodies that are also disincarnated, and it encompasses the soul as well. And inside this etheric body is the body of desires, the astral body, which is one that tends to want to go down to earth or tends to not want to go to other dimensions to which the soul is trying to lead it, because it is not only the physical elemental that holds back the process, the astral body also does this, because it desires things that remain back on earth. So at this time, when we are already outside of the body, by force of attraction, 
We have a link with the etheric and the physical levels. And we have the link between the astral or emotional body and the earth. And this happens when we are outside of the physical body. So if cremation is performed, if the physical body is cremated, the possibility for this real link, this concrete link, disappears. So as soon as the physical body is cremated, the physical body becomes disintegrated, and the astral body no longer has this concrete element to which it can be attracted, because the fire or the heat applied in cremation repels the aspect that creates forms. Furthermore, that aspect that creates forms in our astral body or body of desires, because of this deflecting caused by the fire, this body renounces this contact. And once the physical body is completely destroyed, these attachments are more quickly severed. And so the soul withdraws more easily from the etheric body, from the emotional body, and from the mental body as well in successive stages. In this process, the stages which have been described, the moment always comes when we go through the experience, that time, the same way that we are used to it, time by the clock, calendar time, we go through the experience that this kind of time does not exist this way in another dimension. And when we begin to perceive that we are entering another kind of time and another type of space, when we face this with great tranquility and great impartiality, without fear, without reacting, simply open to get to know this other modality of time going by and this other modality of space, so this will then produce a better quality in our future etheric body. And the quality of the future etheric body is crucial as much for physical health as for the higher impressions of the soul to be imprinted on the physical brain in a future incarnation. We have many experiences of a different modality of time and space in our dreams. We can see that in our dreams things happen in split seconds that would take years to happen on earth. And the opposite is also true. We can sleep for a few moments and dream of things covering long time spans. We can see, therefore, that throughout these stages, which we go through in the act of departing, in all these stages, it is essential for us to keep calm to keep tranquil and to be at peace, to be completely impassive and neutral, impartial in face of everything that is happening, in order for us to face up to the illusions we have perceived in our life, as well as to go through this experience that time does not exist the way we know it, and also for us to be very careful with our last thoughts, for this to happen, we need much peace, much silence, and very little stimulation around us, 
when these stages of qualquer leaving the physical body begin. Qualquer solicitação any movement around us, any request, perto, any manifestation on the part of people who may be near, all this disturbs this need for calmness and this need for tranquility and for peace and for the need we have to be totally concentrated on the process that is unfolding and to no longer have our attention directed towards external things, to things of the earth, to people, to facts, to circumstances that the soul at that moment wants to leave behind. So we can greatly help a person who is disincarnating if we maintain around the person an atmosphere of stillness and if we do not call the person's attention to the earth, to his or her personal life, to those levels which the individual is beginning to let go. So we can see that this process of giving back these earthly bodies, and by these earthly bodies we mean the physical, the emotional and the mental, because they are made up of earthly substance. We can see that this process is like a renewal of energies, and it is not death, because the soul needs an experience outside of these bodies after having lived a certain stage here in the, these dimensions which are known. The soul is now going to need to renew all its potential the soul is going to need a period to rest from this earthly incarnation. It's going to need to synthesize, to summarize this incarnation, to assimilate its experiences. And after having made the synthesis, the soul visualizes the next steps. And then it needs a certain time out of incarnation to be able to reorganize itself and also its next incarnation on earth. If there will be a future incarnation soon. Out of the body, the soul will go through a process of renewal so that it can, when the time comes, draw together its new cloaking for the next incarnation. And as long as we are identified with our reincarnating nucleus, which is our soul or higher self, as long as during incarnation we are identified with this, or at least seek to be identified with this reincarnating spiritual nucleus, if we are then identified with it, we will go through this process quite easily because we will end up recognizing and perceiving the soul's need for renewal and thus its need to leave these bodies and to depart from these known dimensions of the earth for a while. In this study, we have looked at three stages of disincarnating physically. Next, we will look at what should be our most adequate attitudes during incarnation so that when we arrive at this stage, we can go through this with serenity and intelligence and thus cooperate with the true and real movement of the soul, which is no longer to remain on earth but to go to other levels of consciousness.